Welcome, Crosspoint family. You may have a seat. So here we are, 2022. I like to think that I'm not that old. I'm kind of like in the middle, right? Sort of. I'm 46. I seem old to some of you, and then I seem kind of young to some of you, and then some of you were kind of around the same age. But I remember growing up in the 80s and 90s, and the idea of 2022, I mean, that's kind of what the Back to the Future type of movies were about, right? Like 2025, and uh, I mean, does it seem weird to you that maybe in 20 years it'll be 2042 or 2050? That'd be weird. I mean, I don't know if I'll be there at 2050, but, um, but it's here. Before you know it, 2022 just kind of showed up. And here we are, and here you are. So I want to congratulate you and thank you for being here. For those of you that are joining us online, I think there's a lot more of you online today for obvious reasons, and uh, we just want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. We pray, like Jonathan prayed earlier just now, that this service would be a blessing to you and that we would be, not just today, but this new year, just coming to church expecting to hear from God. I mean, that's such a blessing. That That's... My, my hope as a pastor is that, that God will continue to use me to, to share God's word with you so that you can come and, and hear from him. And it's not about me, but it's about him. It's about his word. And so I'm excited to start this new year with you, uh, this journey for as long as the Lord has us here on earth. I pray that we would just continue to grow that we would continue to be used by him, that we would make ourselves available to him in whatever capacity that is. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk about showing up, the need for us as Christians to just show up, all right? So I'm excited to do that. We'll get to that in just a little bit from Joshua chapter 1. Um, but I want to wish everybody, and I, my prayer, it's not just a wish, but my prayer is that God will bless all of you this year. I, I continue to pray for his protection, and that's just not physical, and not that we don't want to suffer or anything, because we know that as Christians, suffering is part of the deal, all right? God uses suffering to mold us and shape us to be more like Christ. And though we resist that, usually, uh, we got to realize that that's also a tool that God uses to make us more like his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. But my prayer and protection is that he would protect us from the evil one, from the enemy, from even ourselves in this world, so that we can focus on him and our relationship with him and be obedient to him and enjoy our relationship with him. I feel like... Uh, I think this year I'm going to preach more on joy because I would hate to think that we call ourselves Christians and we don't enjoy this life that God has given us in him. We have to be aware of that. So um, I'll just quickly mention, I mean, there's so many things that, that I would love to, to share with you. And I think next week, next Sunday, Lord willing, um, I'm going to be sharing with you some very uh, cross-point uh, particulars uh, in regards to what we expect, what we hope, what we're praying for as a leadership, in regards to our Sunday morning services, in regards to uh, our growth groups, our service teams. And uh, so I think next week, Lord willing, it'll be a very practical, very cross-point-specific message um, to, to get us all focused on this new year. Um, as evident by our, our low attendance, I know that um, I, I guess I'm probably more aware than you are as a pastor of the church, how many people are ill with COVID and who's getting over it and how people are doing. Um, last I count in the last couple of weeks, there's over 15 families that, that have been impacted by COVID. 
Uh, some of you guys have recovered. Most people are just getting very light symptoms, thank God, and uh, we hope to see them here soon. But then there's also the concern for the rest of us. You know, we don't want to catch it, and so we encourage to, for you to do what you feel is right for you, whether it's, that's to, to show up in person, uh, whether to wear a mask or not, um, and then maybe the option of doing online for, for the time being. You know, it's, we, we have been talking a little bit about, we want people that are online to come in person, but obviously right now, uh, it's a different uh, circumstance. But as soon as this COVID wave is over, we, we hope to see everybody here. Um, growth groups, I'll just mention next week, we're going to have some information for sure. And hopefully next week, we'll have more in-person attendance and or at least information for those of you that are online to be able to sign up. Um, and I think we, we're not going to be in a rush to start uh, given, given the circumstances right now with attendance, I would imagine that if we do in-person growth groups, it would probably be similar. And we want to move towards in-person as much as possible. So we'll probably hold off at least a couple of weeks more to start our first trimester of 2022 growth groups. But be ready next week to hear some information on it and, and, um, and sign up if we decide to, to switch groups. Although I'll tell you that we're leaning towards keeping uh, the same groups. I uh, haven't quite shared that with the, with the elders, but we, had, we, took out, we sent out a survey. Some of you guys filled it out. We thank you for that. But most people were saying, you know, one session, 10 to 12 weeks is not quite enough time to bond with, with the group. And so uh, obviously there's a lot of wisdom in that. We agree with that. And so we might keep the same groups, but we're also looking forward to adding another 30 or 40 of you that for whatever reason you didn't get a chance to sign up this past time. All right, so keep that in mind. Be in prayer about everything here at Crosspoint. We're excited. Let me share with you from Revelation chapter 1 so we can take communion. If you didn't grab one of these on your way in, would you please raise your hand and we'll have somebody come around and provide you one. But Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. Last book in the Bible here, Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. This is part of the greeting here in Revelation. And it's really the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's called, Revelation. So here goes, verse, starting in verse 4, it says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want to obviously focus in verse uh, 5, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it says, to him, to our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says a couple of things to describe some things about him. He says, who loved us. That's the church who loved us. And that's us 2,000 years later after this was written. He loved us and he washed us from our sins in his own blood. What a description. What a description. That here we are, the sinful ones, unable to get rid of our sin. And what does Jesus do? He comes, and with his very blood, he washes us from our sins. And praise be to God for that. 
and he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, and to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I think this is worthy of us celebrating, remembering, and proclaiming every week, and that's why we take communion every week. And as we begin this new year, our prayer is that our relationship with God, based on what Jesus did for us, becomes the priority of our lives. What he did for us, we can never repay, but we can live a life for his glory, as he was willing to live it for us, for God's glory, but for us, and then offer it as a sacrifice upon the cross of Calvary. And so as we peel back the first layer and take the bread, we are reminded of his sacrifice, putting his sinless body upon that cross in our place. Let's take that together. And as we read here in the second portion of verse 5, he who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And this Jews represents that blood. Let's take that together. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to you for the sacrifice that you made in giving up your one and only begotten son for us. And Lord Jesus, what you did in offering yourself as a sacrifice for our sin is amazing, and for that we are eternally grateful. And Holy Spirit, we praise you. I know we, we sang this morning about your presence, that we know you're here. We know you're here in power, and your desire is for us to know you better and to glorify our God and Father. And so we're, we thank you. We ask for your blessing upon everyone here and online who will be listening to this message. We pray that you would lead us and guide us, teach us, and mold us into Christ-likeness. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Great to be here with you. What an awesome uh, second day of 2022. It was a little weird as I was typing up my outline and, and kind of writing down. Of course, I messed up. First, I started by putting 12, and it was already one of the month, right? And then uh, even as I was being conscientious about writing the year 22, I ended up writing 21. And so it always takes a little bit of time to kind of adjust to the new year. But I hope you're excited. Um, I hope you're excited, uh, not necessarily about the prospects and maybe your plans and, and how the future looks, but just excited about the fact that we're one year closer to the Lord's return, we're one year closer to the Lord's return. We're one year closer to being in the presence of God forever. And with him on our side, or us being on his side, um, I don't know, I, I can't think of, of any reason why we couldn't be excited as Christians coming in this new year, despite our circumstances and things that are going out around us. So uh, I just hope that you would join me in prayer for, for each other, um, and, and I'm hoping that this message would be something that will impact us and just kind of get us going on this, this, this new year. So the title is Show Up. And you did. You did. You showed up here this morning. So uh, that's, it's always a blessing. It's always a blessing when, when I see you uh, here on, on Sunday morning. I think it's important to show up. But 
Uh, I'm, show up is going to have to do with more than just showing up on Sunday morning, but showing up on Sunday morning on the first Sunday of 2022, I think is a great start. So uh, I thank you for being here. I want to look at Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. It's probably a portion that most of us are very familiar with. Some of these verses are very encouraging, and so uh, maybe some of you have plaques and such in your house with, with some of these verses. And so I want to read that. But I want to read that, and as, as we read it, keep in mind this title, this idea of showing up, showing up. Um, and, and I'll tell you that the main point this morning is this. We live for God's glory when we show up as he calls. We live for God's glory when we show up when he calls. If he calls and we show up, we are living for God's glory. And I want to take a look at, at um, Joshua specifically, and hopefully draw some uh, lessons from his life and from his character and his attitude and his obedience and, and apply those to our lives. And I think it'll make a world of difference how we live our Christian life here in 2022. That's the idea. So show up. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Let me read that. Let me find it first. Here we go. I would imagine there might be somebody here online that, that's not too familiar with, uh, with the book of Joshua or who Joshua is or what the context here is. But Joshua uh, is a pretty outstanding individual. If you do a character study on this man, you will learn a great, great deal. But Joshua was basically Moses' assistant for many years. And when Moses died and God did not allow Moses to enter into the promised land after 40 years of being in the wilderness, God allows Moses to see the promised land, but he doesn't allow him to enter. And so then you have an issue. You have all these people that are ready to cross the river into the promised land, but their leader, Moses, is not going to be with them. So what does God do? He raises a new leader, and he doesn't just randomly pick. He goes and he picks Moses' servant to take these people and lead them into the promised land. All right, so that's kind of the context. This is what we're going to read right now. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them. The children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, for the wilderness, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, and as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all that the law... to. Part, to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, 
but you shall meditate in it day and night, and you may, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What an amazing I mean, can you just imagine that? Here you are as an assistant for over 40 years, by the way. For over 40 years, Joshua, at the very least, was an assistant to Moses through all those years in the wilderness. And 40 years later, after being an assistant, boom, your leader, whom you've been following and serving, dies. And you saw God commune and fellowship and talk with Moses. I'm sure Moses shared with, with, uh, with Joshua as he would go up the mountain 40 days, Joshua would stay at the foot of the mountain. And I'm sure when he came back, they had some great conversations. And I would imagine Joshua would just be listening to Moses as Moses explained to him that he talked to the Lord as friends do face to face. And then all of a sudden, maybe not all of a sudden, but God takes Moses And there's Joshua. And the first thing that God does is he appears to him and he talks to Joshua. And he basically says, it's your turn. You're up. And what what does Joshua do? For our purposes, he shows up. He shows up. I mean, Joshua was a person just like you and I. I'm sure he had his weaknesses and I'm sure he had his... Maybe even insecurities and issues going on, family problems and whatever. And yet God says, Moses is gone. I need you to step up. And Joshua does exactly that. He shows up and he steps up. I I want us to learn from that. I want us to draw some inspiration and some encouragement and even some, uh, some truths that we could draw on for ourselves as we begin this new year. Because I think it's important for us to to have a goal, to have a mindset that as we begin this new year, what is this year going to be about? As much as is in us, right? I mean, you can't uh, assume that you're going to be super healthy, and you can't assume that your finances are going to be great, and you can't assume that nobody around you is going to get sick, and you can't assume that, you can't even assume that we're going to be here throughout the whole year. But as much as is in us, what are we going to commit to and what are we going to do when God calls? Are we going to show up? I think it's important for us to show up. And specific to Crosspoint, beloved, I appreciate, and I'm not going to get tired of saying this, I really appreciate for all of you, if you do something, anything here at Crosspoint, I, I personally appreciate you. I know the elders appreciate your service uh, there's so many things that get done here that it would be literally impossible for just the elders to do everything or for just the elders and the deacons to do everything. I mean, it's, it, it's amazing. I'm grateful for all of you, for whatever it is that you do, wherever it is that you serve. If you pray for, for this ministry, I'm grateful for that. If you serve anywhere, I'm grateful for that. If you show up, I'm grateful for that. And I'm excited because there's so many of you that do that along with us, the leadership of the church, that I'm excited to see what God has for us this new year. Super encouraged. So that's my prayer, that for 2022, that we all show up. Uh, one of the people here at Crosspoint that I respect and um, 
look up to. I remember one time we had a meeting. It might have been a men's meeting, so I'm not sure how much I can disclose. You know, the idea is that when we have men's meetings, it's like whatever says here, said here, we kind of stays here. But, but I'm sure this is not a problem. Plus, I'm not going to tell you his name. Uh, but I remember one time he mentioned, this was years ago, he said, uh, <clears throat> you know, over the years, uh, by God's grace, I've been able to be involved in a lot of things and be used by him, kind of paraphrasing. But then he said very humbly, he said, but you know what, um, it's not because I'm anything special, I just showed up. If something needed to be done, I was there. It's not because I have this or that or I'm super great at this or that. He said, I just, I just show up. And, and throughout the years, just showing up and making myself available has been the difference in my life. While he's able now to look back at his life and be grateful that he didn't waste his life. He didn't just focus on the physical and temporary. But he's invested a great deal of his life in the spiritual and the eternal. For that, I'm grateful to have examples like that. And that's what I want to encourage you to. You know, it's not about ability, but availability. Are you available Will you show up? There's going to be so many opportunities in 2022 everywhere, literally, for you to show up as a child of God, as a leader, as somebody who knows the truth and knows Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. There's going to be so many opportunities for you to show up. Will you? Will you show up? You need to show up. You know, your family needs you to show up. Your spouse needs you to show up. Your parents need you to show up. Your children need you to show up. Your teammates and your coworkers, they are in desperate need for you to show up and rise up and say, here I am, Lord, use me. And there's going to be circumstances everywhere where it's required for you to show up in 2022. My prayer is that as, if, if the Lord grants us to be here at the end of 2022, that we would have tons of stories and testimonies of how by God's grace we showed up here and God did this amazing work in us and through us. To me, that is super exciting. We need to show up. So let's get right to it. Let's get right to it. Let's draw three points from here. I'm going to make it easy on you. They all start with A. So we're going to look at, uh, we're going to fill up this, we're going to fill this, this phrase. We, like Joshua, must be willing to. If we're going to show up and make a difference in this world, in God's kingdom, we, like Joshua, must be willing to. And point number one is to assist where needed. Assist where needed. So verse one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying. And so here we have Joshua. Joshua was no, whoo, I mean, he was a, a, a courageous. He was a warrior. He was fearless. He was one of the 12 as Moses' assistant with Moses and 12 uh, spies into Jericho, um, into the promised land, he, he and Caleb are the only ones that come back and say, hey, the Lord already gave us this land. Let's go in there and take it. The other 10 spies were shaking in their boots and talking about how there's giants in there and there's no way we could go in there. Yeah, it's really nice, but we shouldn't go. We'll all die. So Joshua was no, no little wimpy uh, little guy that, that's just a, an assistant. What I, what I want us to, to understand is that all of us, 
our assistance. In God's kingdom, in God's family, in God's plan, all of us are only assistants. And I say only because in comparison to him, we only have one master, there's only one Lord, there's only one king, and that is Jesus Christ, the head of the church. The rest of us are assistants. And so I don't want us to feel like, oh, I'm just an assistant, you know? And I'm not talking about, you know, we've talked about this. I kind of make fun of this idea where people are like, oh, I don't want to lead. I just want to be an assistant. Now, that's just you hiding. But I'm talking about whatever it is that needs to be done for us to have the attitude of if assistance is needed, I'm ready to assist. If we're going to show up, we need to be ready to assist. And ultimately, we got to realize that we're all assistants of the Lord. And here in the church, yeah, we have a preacher, uh, we have elders, but we're all assistants. I'm a co-laborer with Jesus Christ. It's his work. He's the one with the plan. He's the one with the ultimate purposes. All we're doing is we're being used by him as tools. We're assisting in the work, and that is a great privilege. Joshua was an assistant, and for us to show up, we need to be willing to assist wherever we are needed. And beloved, nothing so important, nothing should in your mind ever be beneath you. You see something, it's like, oh, well, let's get the janitor on that. Uh, we don't have a janitor. Who's going to pick it up? Well, an elder eventually will, or a deacon, or maybe the pastor, but don't ever feel like, oh, something needs to be done. Who do I call? Uh, why don't you assist? Just get it done. And that's just a physical thing, but I'm telling you, there's going to be lots of opportunities, physical type opportunities to work and assist with your hands, and there's going to be a ton of opportunities for you to speak up and share the gospel and share your testimony and lead somebody to Christ and disciple someone and offer Bible studies, pray for them, offer to pray for them. Tons of opportunities, but we need to show up, and in order for us to show up, we need to be ready to assist wherever we are needed, and never forget that all of us are assistants. You know, there's no hierarchy here at Crosspoint or in the body of Christ. It may seem like that if we don't really understand what's going on, but nobody should look at me as the top of Crosspoint. I'm a servant. And outside of God's word, I have zero authority over your life. You shouldn't do anything that I say if it's not what the Bible says. So don't look at me. Don't ever put me in a pedestal. I know I make it easy for you not to do that. All right? But don't ever put me in a pedestal. I'm a co-assistant along with you. And our, our greatest joy and purpose in life is to glorify him by showing up and saying, Lord, I want to assist Show me. Are there opportunities to, to, to assist? Where are they? And I want, to, I want to do it. We need to step up. We need to show up. And that's what Joshua did. For years, for decades, he was perfectly fine being Moses' assistant. So when Moses said something, Joshua went and did it. If Moses asked him to do something, he went. And he was on with the program. I think that's really important for us to also understand what an assistant does. we got to realize somebody is a leader, we need to assist. In our case, Christ is our leader. And yeah, within the church, he has certain people with certain positions of responsibility, servant leadership, and then we have people that assist those people. You know, it's hard to find good assistants 
Let me just put it out there. All right? It's hard to find good assistance. Uh, there's a saying, uh, something like, there's too many chiefs and not enough Indians, right? I know that's not culturally uh, or politically correct nowadays. But I think the idea is correct. We've got to be careful that, you know, we, we try to assist in something and, and we come in and right away want to fix everyone and we want to do things the way we think is right instead of just saying, okay, let me l- first learn what the uh, background of this situation is and, and let me just make myself available. Because if not, oh, I don't know if you know anybody like this. Let's just put it out there, right? Because 2022, we've got to fix some things around here. You know, some people just make it difficult even setting up chairs right where you're sitting. Hey, let's set up some chairs. Easy enough. No. Hey, that angle's not right. Why are we putting five instead of six? And how come we're doing that? Shouldn't there be more space in there? And, you know, if you guys did this and that, it'd be even better. It's like, yeah, maybe, maybe all those ideas are great. But for now, why don't you just assist? You know, help us get done what we need to get done. And then once you become an expert, then you can take over and then do things differently if you think it's better. But it's hard to find good assistance. I remember being an 18-year-old. Let's see, by the time I was 19, I was a shop foreman. What am I doing as a shop foreman, right? Of course, my cousin was the boss, but I suppose that, that helped. But I was a shop foreman at a metal shop, going to college, putting myself through college, and, and I was a shop foreman at 19. Was it because I was the most skilled? No. You know, was it because I knew how to do everything? No. But I think I was a good assistant. If my boss told me to do something, I did it. And I tried to do it right. And I'll brag a little bit. My cousin used to tell me, hey, if anybody in your church ever wants a job, let me know. I think he assumed everybody would be like me. And I never recommended anyone. Because <laughs> it's hard to find good assistance. And then I was in charge of people that he would hire. And boy, out of 20, we would find maybe one person that was willing to be a good assistant, that was willing to do things the way we asked them to do it. Beloved, as Christians, we need to be good assistants. If help is needed, let me get in there. Don't try to be the boss, because there are no bosses in, 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 in the body of Christ. If I've ever given that impression, I apologize. That's never been my intention. To make it seem like I'm the boss and everybody's my assistant. We're all assistants of Christ. Let's work together. Let's assist one another because ultimately we're assisting the King of kings and Lord of lords. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5 says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. That's the attitude. We don't go out there and proclaim ourselves. We don't go out there to try to reach people by telling them how good we are, how perfect a church we have. We do not preach ourselves, but, we, but Christ Jesus the Lord. Him we magnify. Him we lift up. And ourselves, what's our perspective towards ourselves? And ourselves, your bondservants for Jesus' sake. You know, people around you outside of church should see you as Christ's servant towards them it'll be weird it, it's totally counterintuitive and counterculture that you would go into a job and just say here i am i'm here to serve i have a buddy who attended this church for a while um, when we used to teach at uh, bell gardens intermediate he was a computer teacher and and i remember when he first came in i was there at the school where then he came in 
And every year, the principal asks us, uh, he gives us a list and say, for next year, if you're still going to be here, are you, gonna, are you planning on being here next year? And if you are, what are your first three choices? What do you want to teach? Uh, sixth, seventh, or eighth grade, what, uh, what um, according to your credentialing, what, what would you like to teach? And, and, and um, I remember that when he came in, he had this really cool attitude. He told the principal, I'm here to serve. Wherever you need me, I'm willing to do. And I remember he shared that with me. That was pretty impressive. It wasn't at church. It was at work. And he told the boss, wherever you need me, I'll do. Yeah, I have a computer degree, but if you need me to teach PE, I'll teach it. If you need me to do this, I'll do that. And for a principal or for a boss, that's like music to their ears. Versus somebody comes in and is like, well, I have a PhD in very specific. I only do that and, and call me doctor. We had some of those. And those are the ones that complain when they move them any grade level or whatever. There's a little bit of everything. But what are you? Forget about them. What are you? And people should perceive not that you're this self-righteous person, you know, always uplifting yourselves, making everybody else feel below, that they're below you, but you should have everybody feel, in church for sure, but even outside of church, you should make them feel like you are there as Christ's servant to serve them. What an amazing attitude, beloved. If you have a hard time discipling people, if you have a hard time inviting people to church and having them actually come, let's start there by taking an assistant attitude towards everybody in the church and outside the church. Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's all his work. He called us, and he's equipped us, and he says, I already have this work for you to do. Just show up. Just show up and be obedient. I was going to give you a little NBA analogy. But an NBA, for the National Basketball Association, for all you athletes, or if you like basketball, and it's not just to this sport, but there's this statistic, an assist, right? An assist. So you can score points. Or you can give a really good pass to someone and have them score. It's not as, uh, you know, if you ask me as a basketball player back in the day, I'd rather score than to give assists. But it turns out that some people make millions of dollars just being a good assist person. Somebody that facilitates. Somebody else takes a credit for the basket, but you get an assist. You are instrumental in having somebody else get done what the team is trying to do. And so don't be too concerned wanting to dunk the ball every time or scoring every three-pointer or whatever. Let's be okay with being the assist people, you know, being in the background. Maybe when nobody will notice, but we know that the work is being done because God allows me to do a certain thing here, a certain thing there, and assist. So we, like Joshua, must be willing to assist wherever we are needed, but also not just assist, but also point number two, where we, like Joshua, must be willing to arise when, our, when we're called. So listen here. Verse 2, most, God speaking to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over the Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. So Joshua was a good assistant, but when God called him to step up, Joshua arose. He rose up and said, here I am, Lord. Uh, he didn't just say like, oh, but I'm just an assistant. I don't know what I'm doing without Moses, you know. 
Uh, you know, God will put you in, in some very peculiar circumstances in order for you to show up and rise up, all right? Maybe one of these days I might get COVID on Saturday night and I can't show up on Sunday morning and preach. Who's going to show up? You know, who's going to... Um, well, one regret that I have maybe, what, 20 years ago... Um, my pastor, Salvador Delgado, he was very uh, protective of the pulpit. He never missed. I mean, I knew him for 30-some years, and he just never missed. But every once in a while, he would go do some missionary work to Mexicali, and he would have somebody preach. And I remember one time on a Wednesday night, I'm there sitting in the Bible study, and, and I, I was young. I don't think I had ever preached before. And he comes up to me and says, Mike, would you, I'm going to be out this. It was a Wednesday. Right? He, I'm going to be out this Sunday. Would you like to preach? And I was and you know what I did? How embarrassing. Can't believe I'm telling you this. I kind of backed up, backed out. I didn't rise up. I thought, oh, I started panicking. I'm like, it's Wednesday, or it only gives me like four days to prepare, and I'm not really, you know, what am I going to do? I'm not a preacher kind of thing. And I told him no. I probably gave him some sorry excuse like, oh, I have school and it's finals this week or something like that. I used to use that all the time. And, and I told him, no, I didn't rise up, and I regret that. I regret that. I'm sure God is gracious, and he's forgiven me for that, and he's using me now to, to preach. But I remember that, and I'm, 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 if I could turn back time, I would, I would say yes. I would step up and just rely on the Lord to, to help me and, and, and get that done. And, and maybe uh, something to learn from that, too, is that I, I didn't step up, but somebody else did, and the work gets done. You have to remember, this is God's work, and if you don't show up, somebody else will. But you lose out on the blessing. Then what are you doing then? What are you here for if you're not going to show up when God calls you? Somebody else will. It's not like God's going to be like so disappointed, like, oh, then the work is not going to get done now. What am I going to do? You know, if he calls you and you don't show up, he'll raise somebody else. He'll rise some, somebody else will rise up. But let's be the ones to rise up. Don't be, don't be like me 25 years ago. All right? We need to arise when we're called. Um. And that's what, that's what Joshua did. He didn't uh, complain. He didn't start coming up with excuses. He just did. He rose up. Let me share a couple of verses with you for inspiration. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Isaiah's talking about him being in the presence of God. And he says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah's there, and right before that says that he realized he's a man of unclean lips, and the angel comes and they, they purge his lips with a coal, and, and, and now he hears the Lord saying, you know, there's, this needs to be done. Who will, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah says, then I said, here I am. Send me. Oof. Beloved, I get emotional when I think about that. God is saying to you, I need this done. I want this done. Who will go for me? Who will go for us? Who's going to rise up? Who's going to show up? And it's going to be up to you in 2022 to say, here I am. But send him. <laughs> here I am. Send me. Is it because we think we have it all together? No. It's because we learn to rely on him. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 4 and 5 it says that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, little Samuel, he said, here I am. 
So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and laid, laid down again. If you know the story of Samuel, if you don't, read 1 Samuel chapter 3. But little Samuel serving in the temple, Eli was already old. His kids were completely uh, sinful and, and about to be killed by God, essentially. And God begins to call Samuel. Samuel's falling asleep. He's in bed. And he hears somebody say, Samuel. And I love this. As I was reading this this week, it kind of came to me. It says, try to picture that. I don't know if this is completely accurate. But he's, he's asleep or falling asleep. And he hears Samuel. And he says, here I am. And then he runs to Eli. I don't know if that means anything to you. But just his attitude of saying, somebody said Samuel, he said, here I am. He didn't even know who was talking to him. He didn't know where that voice came from. He just heard Samuel, and he was ready to go. And he went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. He was like, no, I didn't. Three times it happens, and Eli says, hey, next time you hear that voice, just say, here I am, Lord. And that's exactly what Samuel does. The Lord calls him again, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel says, here I am, Lord. Here's your servant. What can I do? Man, I love that. You know, everyone in ministry can remember a time when they rose up to the call. Um, I'll just share with you, when I was in high school in Luis Robles' class, and uh, he was going to step out, I don't know, for business. He wasn't going to be there Sunday, and he asked me to take the class for the first time. I was nervous. Like, what am I going to do, teach other high schoolers? They were probably older than I, or maybe about the same age. And he asked me, I remember we were going through Genesis, and he said, would you take the class next week? And that time I said yes. Um, I don't know why I chickened out to preach. I mean, I know why. But when, when Luis Robles asked me to take that class, I remember that being a pivotal point in my life where I knew I wasn't ready and I didn't feel competent, but I said yes. And I remember from that point forward, having to study to teach somebody else has been the greatest uh, tool that God has used to teach me. You want to learn? Teach somebody else. So... We, like Joshua, must be willing to assist where needed. We must arise when called. And let's end it by saying we also must accept what God says. We must accept what God says. God says, I'm going to give my people this land. He said it. I'm going to drive everybody out from your presence. God said that. And then God said, I'm going to be with you as I was with Moses. I'll never leave you or forsake you. God said that. And you know, all those promises are there for us as well. We need, to, we need to accept what God says about himself, and we need to accept what God says about us. Who are you? Are you still seeing yourself through your own eyes outside of Christ, or are you able to see yourself as a new creature in Christ? Romans 8, 16 and 17 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. We're children of God, beloved. Let's act like it. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul said that about himself because he relied in Christ. He said, whether I'm suffering hunger or, or I abound, I know how to handle all these things because I know I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. We must accept what God says about himself and about us and the work that he's asking us to do. The enemy will fight hard this 2022 so that you don't understand that in Christ you're a new creature. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and somebody that he wants to use for his glory. 
the enemy, the world, and even yourself will find yourself doubting those things. We need to accept who God is, who he says about himself, what he says about us, and the work that he's asking us to do. If we do that, we're going to be in good shape, beloved. We need to show up. That is my prayer, that we all show up here at church, in our personal lives, in our lives at home, in our community. We're going to change the world, beloved. We are changing the world. If we're obedient and living for Christ and we show up, we will make a difference for all of eternity. And for that, God is glorified and I am excited. I hope this blesses you. Keep that in mind. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful to you for your blessings and for your word and for this example of Joshua, of somebody who was willing to assist wherever he was needed. And he was willing to arise when the call came to lead and when he accepted, as he accepted what God said about himself and about Joshua and the work that he expected him to do, that we would be like him, that we would be like your son, obedient, willing to trust in your goodness, in your faithfulness, in your provision, that we would make ourselves available to you in whatever way you want to use us. We look forward to 2022. We pray that your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven and in our hearts that we will be good disciples of yours, eager to be disciple makers. I pray this in the wonderful and matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. God bless you, beloved. You're dismissed.